Keys 107. Opening the doors to endless possibilities. In the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. With your host, Rafika and Brother James. Okay, I'm going to push up a little harder then. 
Okay. So today we don't have a healthy tip of the day, but I would like to just say to each and every one of you that my healthy tip for the day is to meditate and pray often. Take time out of your day every day to 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 speak to the creator and thank him for giving you the opportunity to work out your own salvation, to pave your own path, to be able to witness all of his great creation. Take that time to meditate, get in tune with nature, get in tune with your own nature, and be a part of that humanity humanity that is trying to do the best for themselves and for others. So that is my healthy tip of the day, and I hope you hear me, uh, Miss Medea. I didn't get your tip. Well, we got your tip, but I didn't get a chance to load it up. We're going to make sure for the next time we'll have your new healthy tip of the day. All right. Let me just say, James, that uh, Medea will be on the Keys 107 on December 10th to announce her Juice Fest that she spoke about last on last. Oh, you faded out on me a little there. Well, yes, Medea, June. Okay. So December 10th. Okay, so we'll be doing more than just a healthy tip. We'll be actually doing some activity to become healthy, and that's wonderful. So now let's try to get financially healthy here today. I think we should begin with the first action, Brother Haru, how you been and, and uh, what you've been up to. Uh, uh, we missed you for the last two or three weeks, of course. You know, we, we come on once a month with you, and it's always a big hit. How you been doing? Well, I've been doing wonderful. Um, actually, uh, putting together an outline for a new book, um, and a lot of it is based on the, the feedback that I've been getting from people uh, who've listened to the show. So, wow. um, 2016, I'll definitely have a, a brand new book out that really addresses a lot of the issues, financial issues that people are facing in this new economy. Right. That's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Looking. I'm looking forward to that book. So Rafika was questioning, what is credit, and why is it? Why is your credit score so important? Can you begin to break that down for us? Well, you know, you know what, James? Wait, Haru, hang on. Yes. Hold that okay. thought. I, I also want to um, sort of look at and package that whole concept of perfect credit. Is it possible? Because your 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 focus tonight is building near perfect credit. And I've been thinking, can a person get perfect credit? You absolutely can get perfect credit. Um, the question is, do you need perfect credit? Oh. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> because we're going to get into uh, the credit scoring itself, and there's a range, you know. And to qualify for certain things, you don't need perfect credit. But the closer you have to perfect credit, because there is a range, um, the the better opportunities that you'll have for yourself. So you don't need an 850 to qualify for the best thing. So if you had 780 to 850, pretty much you qualify for the same type of um, benefits. So I want to get people to be near perfect. If you hit perfection, that's great, Um, but you don't have to be perfect. Okay, okay. And even that, I think, if the effort that you would take to be, to get perfect credit and maintain it, would take you away from everything else that you're doing. Your whole life would be surrounded on your credit score. Everything that you do, every moment of the day, you'll be worrying about 
how can I keep this credit score perfect? I don't, right. I, I don't think it's worth it. Right, you, you have know. to look at the cost of benefit ratio. Or if you're not going to gain significantly more from it being perfect as opposed to near perfect, then it doesn't make sense to put that type of effort into it. And, you know, you have to really look at what your goals are anyway. If you're not um, borrowing any money, if you're not buying a home, if you're not buying a car, if you're not looking for a certain type of job, if you're not looking for a new apartment, then you don't have to put a significant amount of effort into your credit now at all you have to focus on other things you may be focused on debt reduction or um, just accumulating wealth in other ways so you know it really depends on what your goals are how much energy you're going to put into building that credit score but i mean if we just get into what credit is because we kind of just segued into um, some of the benefits of having good credit without really getting an understanding of what it is and it's interesting because i have a a 21 year old and a 19 year old and i was recently trying to explain to them um, the benefits of credit and, and, and how they need to start building it. And it's good that I'm giving it to them at that age because I run into people, you know, middle-aged adults who really don't understand what credit is and, and why they need to, to work on that. And credit really boils down to uh, creating an element of trust. Uh, uh, it's an element of trust between um, someone who's a provider of goods and services and a customer. So, Credit is the ability of a person to obtain goods or services before payment based on the trust that that payment will be made in the future. And that's, that's all it is. Um, you know, and there are basically four different types of credit, and there are only okay. four different types of credit. So you have what you call secured credit, and secured credit is backed by a collateral. And collateral can be um, a car, jewelry, real estate, um, a savings account, anything that's tangible that the lender will accept um, that they can actually take from you if you don't pay, you know, the the loan that was given to you. So that's secured credit. Uh, in in situations like uh, if you buy a car, it's secured by the car. If you buy a home, the loan is secured by the home. That's secured credit. Then you have what we call unsecured credit. Unsecured credit is basically what you have when you have a credit card, and that means the lender is extending you credit based upon your ability to repay the loan. So they've looked at certain criteria and said, okay, I believe you can pay the loan. I've looked at your history, and you have a history of paying a loan. I'm going to give you this loan, and I expect you to pay it, but I'm not going to secure it against anything. Um, I just, I'm going to take your word for it, and if you don't pay it, then I'll just sue you for it later. Um, then you have what we call installment credit, and installment credit can be secured or unsecured. So basically, when you have installment credit, you're given a, a loan or credit that has to be paid in in pieces. So it's paid in payments or installments over a specific period of time. So you might receive a uh, hundred dollars worth of credit today and use that hundred dollars worth of credit, but it's expected to be expected to be paid. Uh, based upon an agreement. So it could be 30 days. It could be um, you pay every 30 days for an entire year, so you're paying in pieces. Then you have what you call non-installment credit, and that also can be secured or unsecured, but it's paid in a specified period of time. So you have a, a particular date, and the whole thing is paid at that time. So credit, again, is, is basically somebody's advancing you uh, payment, 
advancing you goods or services with the expectation of being paid in the future, and it can be done only in those four ways. Mm-hmm. One thing that people don't really get is the whole credit scoring thing, you know, and that, and that right. sometimes can be very tricky. And people don't realize, you know, even the word FICO, people say, well, what's FICO? FICO actually started out uh, Fair Isaacs and Company, and it was there were two guys, an engineer named William Fair and a mathematician named Earl Isaac, and they came up with a, a program that consolidated – information about people and created a scoring system based upon that. Um, so it went from, and that was way back in 1956 that they originally, you know, came up with the system. And it really wasn't until um, 1989 or the early nineties where you really see the modern uh, FICO system. So fair Isaac and company became fair Isaac corporation. And now it's simply FICO F I C O. They just repackaged and rechanged the name. And so right. what they did was, they created a scoring system that ranges from um, 300 to 850. Right. And they have basically four different categories. You have bad credit, average credit, good credit, and excellent credit. And when we say bad credit, that means that they're the highest risk or subprime. So from 300 to basically 629 is considered bad credit or subprime or high risk. Then you have average credit, which is basically 630 uh, to 689, which doesn't really give you uh, a whole lot of benefits. That's called medium risk um, and, or medium to high risk. And then you have good credit, which is 690 to 719, which means that um, you're, you're less of a risk. And then you have the, the excellent credit, which is 720 to 850, and you're considered a low risk. So right. what what you – want to do is get it into that excellent range. Um, you know, 720 and up, you know, it's, it's better to get to the mid 700, 750, 760. So what we're going to talk about today is really trying to get everybody into that range. And um, one of the things that, that people have to uh, understand is that credit is dynamic. Your credit score is dynamic, meaning that it changes. And so even if you have a uh, 500 credit score now, which is, subprime within a matter of months it's possible for you to get it to be near perfect um you know right now i have my credit score is about 833 which is just about perfect um but i've been as low during during the recession i was as low as five and some change and um when i started to rebuild it it only took me a few months to get it back up into the 800 so it's everything i'm telling you to do uh, are things that not only I've, I've told other people to do, but things that I've had to do for myself. And so I okay. know personally that these things work. So we have to look at what factors uh, determine the credit score. And I think a lot of times people make the mistake of really not understanding, you know, what type of things would affect the score. And if you don't really have right. a, a good grasp of that, then you're really in trouble. So, there are basically uh, five different factors that are going to affect your credit score, and each one is weighted differently. And that's important to understand. You know, if you have to put emphasis on the things that are weighted greater than the, than the other aspects of it. So the first factor and the most important, which actually uh, determines 35% of what your credit score is going to be, 
is dealing with your payment history. And when we say payment history, you gotta you, you gotta uh, look at how how you're paying your bills, whether you're paying them on time. You know, basically, it's, it's are you paying them as agreed? Because every time you pay as agreed, it gets reported. Every time you don't pay as agreed, it gets reported. And so if you're paying based upon the agreement that you set forth in the terms of your, your credit, um, it adds positive information to your credit score. Every time that you fail to do that, it's a delinquent mark on your credit report, which will bring your score down. So, you know, it's, it's really important to understand the heaviest weighted part of this is payment history. And a lot of times we, uh, we blow that just from not paying attention. You know, it's, it's mm. easy to say, oh, I'll pay the bills tomorrow, I'll pay the bills tomorrow. And, and if that date passes one day, it's late. Yes. And, and, that, and that not only affects reporting, it also can affect the, the interest rate because oftentimes you'll get, especially on a credit card, you'll get a default interest rate that kicks in because you were late. And that interest rate tends to be significantly higher than what your original agreement was. The second factor um, is the the extent of indebtedness that you have, meaning the amount that you owe. And that part is weighted 30%. If you have a lot of outstanding debt, you know, it, it gets weighted. They look at that and they say, well, this person is carrying too much debt. If you're carrying too much debt, that means you're a high risk of not being able to pay it back. So... Mm. It's, it's, yeah, and that's it's important that that you don't start to carry because sometimes what happens we start getting all these offers in the mail, and we look at the offers and we're like, wow, everybody wants to give me credit, and we just you we just grab it and grab it and grab it for no reason, and we just start using it and using it and using it, and you you can't understand why your numbers start to go down. They start to go down because you you're carrying way too much debt. So if you're carrying, you know, um, a mortgage and you have a car note and you have four or five credit cards and you have, you know, a couple of other loans, it's going to bring your score down because everybody's worried that you won't be able to pull it all off. But um, isn't that relative to the amount of income one may ha have? You know, I may be sitting is. on $10,000 worth of debt and the next person might have $5,000 worth of debt. But if my income is relatively high, then that 10000 is not really a problem, where 5000 for the other person might mean that he might be maxed out on his credit lines. And so there's a problem. You know, we, we've faced that before where we were seeing, uh, based upon the money that we were earning, um, that credit scores were going up, you know, versus uh, I mean, the credit score going down when we had less money, you know. So mm -hmm. we couldn't figure out what was going on here? Well, you know, what what happens is, is, is you're right, and it just to understand how that kind of works. There's a ratio of your credit balance to your credit limit mm -hmm. that has to be looked at. And so, even though because of your income you might have been extended more credit, if you're using a significant portion of it, then um, it becomes problematic. Okay, is there a rule of thumb that one could use in terms of let's just say you have a credit card and you you're um you can use $2000. You have a credit line of $2000. What would be the limit or the top limit of credit that you should use within a month's time or any extended period of time? 
Okay, so the way the way Fair Isaac looks at it, they say that the, the average American uses about thirty two percent of their available cre- credit limit. Mm, okay. So, so any so they look at the average and say, okay, the average person uses thirty two percent. If you start to go above that, it starts to look um, uh, unfavorable because you're going beyond what the average person does. So even though you you might have been extended you know, $100,000 in credit and somebody else only $10,000 in credit, um, if you use more than a third, so you start getting to the 50% range and, and things like that, then um, they start to worry and it brings your credit score down. So they so there's right. no specific number, but they look at the average, mm-hmm. and like I said, they calculate the average as being 32%. So anything above that, right. I would say then, you know, you have to really be careful. You You never want to max out a credit card or max out the available credit because that's going to bring your score way down. Even if you did that in the 30, uh, 30 day period. Well, Oh, well, if you, you know, do the 30 day period and it, it and pay it off before it hits, then it's not going to bring your score mm-hmm. down. It's just, if you okay, carry or a at balance, least get it below the 32%. Right. right. I'm saying you, if you, if you carry a balance month to month, that's more than the 32% right. it becomes problematic. You can use the entire thing and pay it off. And that's like having a zero balance. Because right. the, credit, the score doesn't hit until the following month. Okay. Okay. So, so anytime you pay it off, it, it's not a problem. Um, okay. So, all right, that's a it, good jewel right there. Yeah, but and and uh, so it's, they also look at the amount owed on on each account. So, really, it's it's about not using that portion of all of your credit, not only on one credit card, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able so to. So you're saying to, thirty. Thirty-two percent of all credit oh, that you've been yes, given. Yes, yes, all available. Okay. Yes, all available credit. Yes. Okay. Um, and that includes looking at if you have too many uh, available credit lines too. It, it, they look at it a little strange. Like, why do you need so many accounts? Why do you need so much credit? So don't start trying to get too many credit cards. Even if you're not using them, um, it can start bringing your score down just because you're applying for too many of them. So the, the next the next factor, which is about fifteen percent, and this is why it's so important to get young people uh, involved as soon as possible. The length of your credit history is fifteen percent of your your credit score, and so if you have a a, a long history, it, it's more favorable than someone who's just starting out and has a little bit of credit now because you don't have a long history of of uh, paying your accounts off. So okay. one of the, the bigger mistakes, and we'll talk about it a little later, one of the biggest mistakes people make is closing down accounts. You should mm-hmm. never close an account because it just you all of, all of a sudden shut down a credit line, which means you shortened your history. Because if you close it down, okay. it's wiped out. That history is wiped out completely. The, the fourth factor is how much new credit you're assuming. And that kind of goes into, you know, how many accounts you have. So, one thing that that is good is that if you're applying for a mortgage, your your inquiries, and that goes to the fifth factor, your inquiries are counted as one if you do it within a 14-day span. Okay. Because they allow you to, to shop around for a mortgage. It wouldn't be really fair if you look for five different places, um, you know, and you only got, you know, uh, and it counted as 14 inquiries. Um, so in that 14 days, you're allowed to to have numerous inquiries and accounts as one. 
but you also have to be careful um, that you don't start, like I said, bringing in a lot of new credit. Um, the average American doesn't open new accounts within a 20-month span. And so if you start in a year span, open three, four, five accounts, it looks bad because it, it doesn't look at you as an individual. It, it clicks in as, oh, wow, this person must need a lot of help. If you need all these credit lines, that means something's wrong financially. So that counts as 10%, how much new credit you're assuming. And the fifth factor, which is the, the final factor, which is the other 10%, are the types of credit that you have. Fair Isaac refers to this as what they call a healthy mix of installment and revolving credit. So installment mm-hmm. credit, which was like a mortgage loan, revolving credit, which is like credit cards, they don't have a clear-cut um, ratio, again, about what it is, but they say you need to have a healthy mix. So you want to mix it up. You want to have different types of credit, and that will bring your score up. So whether it's an auto loan, mortgage, credit card, different types of credit, and that, that helps your score as well. So okay. those are the five things that determine, um, you know, what your credit score is going to be. Okay. So, so let me think. Let me just see if I can recapture that. You said sure. that payment history is the top um, one of, as far as the factors of yes, uh, 35%. 35%. Correct. And then you said the amount of debt is the second largest factor, which is 30%. Correct. Am I correct? Yes. Then the length of the history of the credit card or the credit um, line is weighted at 15%. Yes. And then the existence of new credit, that, that's, that's how you said well, assuming, it. No, um, how much new credit you're, you are assuming. Right. So That's so, 10%. Yes. That's 10%. And yes. then the type of credit being unsecured, secured, you know, revolving, whatever it is. Right. That is 10%. Correct. Okay. So now we got the factors, which are very important because... We have to monitor to ensure that none of those credit lines, credit cards, what have you, go over 30, 32% of the the um, maximum amount that we have on our credit line. Right. Okay. All right. hope everyone's taking notes like I am. <laughs> it's important because, you know, those. it's so easy to make a mistake when you don't understand the rules. Mm-hmm. And the rules change uh, on us or do it? Do it. I mean, those rules have been pretty fixed for the last, probably since the 1990s. Um, it's been pretty stable uh, in, in that mm-hmm. regard. So, um, But I'll tell you what's crazy. In the last, say, from 1980 to about 2009, the, the increase in usage of credit has been a 1,500% increase. Mm. Yet, yet people really don't have a clear understanding of what credit is, but we're using it more and more and more and more. And people tend to spend a lot more on credit because they think it's like this free money. You know, um, they don't feel the pain immediately and they think they can do it over time and they'll max it out, not understanding the ramifications of that also. Um, so not only are you paying significantly more for the same item, it's also uh, really hurting your credibility to be able to do things that are really important later. Mm. You know, yeah, um, exactly. people don't realize, that. you know, having a poor credit score can affect where you live because yeah. 
landlords will look at your credit score and say, no, you're a high risk of not paying my rent, so no, you can't live here. Um, There are employers, and they're trying to get that rule changed in New York, by the way. I don't know about other states, but employers, certain employers will look at your credit score and say, well, based on your credit score, I will not hire you because there's a high risk of you not showing up to work. Um, Mm. There are insurers uh, that will not give you insurance, whether it's life insurance or other types of insurance, because you have a history of not paying your debts and you probably won't pay your insurance. Um, right. You know, th- there there are so many areas, uh, even when you want to buy a home, you won't qualify for a mortgage. There's just so many things that are, are, are impactful in our lives that credit score impacts. But we what we do is we just look at it for a credit card. I want another credit card. I want to extend my credit limit. And there are so many other more important areas in your life that credit affects. Mm. And then there, there, so there are a lot of... Mm-hmm. The impact of credit can affect... Where we live, mm-hmm. our uh, whether we can get a job or not, and some people say, "Why, well, you know, if you let's just say that you're in law enforcement and you're working in a in a federal prison, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and you're in debt, maybe you could be bribed if it's the thinking of the employer Correct. who's right. you know, saying, well, this guy's in bad shape financially. He may be um, vulnerable to someone giving him an offer that he can't refuse, right? <laughs> so you got." Right. Where yeah, where we live, uh, where we work, and whether we can get insurance or not are things that are that that daily can impact our lives. Right. So it's so it behooves us to try to get our credit in line. Yes. Okay. So let me ask you. Um, we have looked at this credit thing because it's been so mystical, um, not knowing all the rules. And some of us just go along with the program for many years, just try to do the best we can. We can never get our credit scores over much over 600 because we don't know the rules. But tell me, are there some, um, like the, the top five credit scoring myths? Because, you know, you know, we'll sit in our living room and talk about how we can do this, but not having all the facts. Well, tell us about some of the, um, the, the myths surrounding credit score. Okay. Well, the the first myth is is one we kind of touched on is that closing credit accounts will help your score. Um, Some people have defaulted on credit cards and, and, you know, don't have necessarily great payment history. And what they do is they'll close the account and think, okay, well, since I closed the account, that negative information won't affect me. And Mm. it's absolutely the opposite. Closing that account shortens your credit history. Uh, and so it affects you anyway. So one of the, right. the the worst things you can do is start closing accounts. Okay. You know. Okay. Uh, so that's that's myth number one. Um, mm-hmm. Myth number two is people think that you can boost your score by asking your credit card company to lower your limits. Mm. Well, remember we talked about one of the, the factors is how much credit you're assuming. But the other factor is how much credit you are using. And so Mm -hmm. what happens when you lower your your credit limit, you lower the amount that you can use so that 32% becomes far less than what it was before. So if you still spend the same amount or use it the same amount, you actually hurt yourself. So you should never ask your credit card company to lower your limit. If they offer to raise the limit, let them raise the limit, and now that your 32% kind of pushes out further. 
Mm. Myth number three is uh, people, uh, they don't check their credit score often because they think they can hurt their score by checking their own credit report. Because remember, one of the, one of the, the uh, factors was inquiries, but an inquiry is an, an outside person, an outside company that's checking your score to see if you qualify for a purchase with them. You have the mm-hmm. right to check your credit report as many times as you want to without penalty. Okay. So it will never, ever hurt your score at all if you check your own credit report. Okay. Uh, myth number four is people assume that you can hurt your rate, uh, your credit score, uh, by shopping around for the best rates. And one of the things that I mentioned a little bit earlier was that FICO bundles all mortgages and auto-related inquiries, right, because they, they have to give you an opportunity to get the best deal. Mortgages and auto-related inquiries made within 14 days count as mm. one inquiry. Also, Got it. Any, in, any inquiries made in the 30 days before the score is, is created are ignored. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's good to know. Because, you know, yes. some of us probably were thinking every time – I go into their car dealer, and, you know, I'm not sure if I want a Mercedes-Benz or a Lexus or, or a Hummer. Every time I go in and they run credit in a, in a, in a week's time, that was a, um, a point, uh, some points taken off my credit score. Right, and, and you know it's what really I'm saying? not. Yes. It's really not. But we also have to remember to stay within that 14-day window also. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, here, and, and here's the biggest myth um, I think that hurts people the most. They think just because you have credit, it's good enough that you don't have to use it to get a good credit score. You have okay, to say that use again. it. Okay. In order for your credit score to go up, you have to use the available credit that you have. People think mm-hmm. that just because they were extended credit that it's good enough. It's not. You have to use it. Right. And I'm not saying right. that you Can't have to carry a balance from month to month, but you have to use it. So. One uh, an easy strategy to make sure that your credit score is going to go up is to take if you use your credit card to to do buy groceries and just immediately when you get home just pay it off. Right. Or you right. know you just whatever your regular purchases are, you know, and whatever you budgeted for that in your your salary, just take that and pay it off. Uh, so right. using it frequently will bring your score up, but not using well, it will always bring your score down. Even if you got a monthly bill, I, is that you have to use it more than once or twice? Like, say, for instance, you you um, pay your cell phone bill and your electric bill with your credit card, and then you just pay your credit card. Is that a good strategy? That's a great strategy. Yeah. So okay. things that you know are, that that are regular and frequent that you've already budgeted for, not you know I'm going to go on a shopping spree, but things like that. So. Like I said, groceries, a utility bill, your cell phone bill, and you know th- those things that you'll pay regularly and you have budgeted. Th- that's a, a great strategy because that will bring your score up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All righty. Now, I'm just going to kind of recap real quick so I can make sure I got it, and hopefully, if I got it, everyone else got it as well. You said the first myth is about closing. Credit cards. You don't close out your accounts. 
closing right. credit cards is really a bad thing to do. Right. Second thing you said, um, let me put my glasses back on. Um, <laughs> um, you can't boast your credit scores by asking the uh, creditor to lower your uh, your limits. You can't boost boost your score or raise your score. Yeah, yeah. By asking, yes, you can't by, boost your score you by can. asking them. You can. No, no, no. You that's but, a myth that you can. You can, you you in actuality you cannot. You can't raise your score. You cannot. You cannot right. boost your score by lowering your limits by asking the creditor to lower your limits. So if Correct. you got a credit card and it's ten thousand dollars, you you can't ask them to cut it down to eight thousand, thinking it's going to save you or or boost up your credit score. Got it. Correct. All right. Number three, you said uh, checking your credit report often is actually a good thing. It does not affect your credit score if you're checking it yourself. You can check it as often as you want to or need to, and it will not. It's not considered an inquiry. An inquiry is when someone else is checking your credit. Correct. Did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I'm just checking. Then you said um, we uh, um, we sometimes assume that when we're shopping for a mortgage or maybe even insurance or even auto, that because you go to several um, dealers and they've got to pull a, uh, a credit report, that those are all separate entries. No, they're all considered one if you're done within a 14-day period. Am I correct? Absolutely. Okay, and then last but not least, you said that um, the the myth of us having credit but not using it is good. No, that's false. Having credit is only good when you use it. You must use the credit line. Find a strategy that you can use that credit card, you know, uh, often, but be able to pay it off, i.e., buy groceries and then pay off your credit card. I use your credit card to pay a cell phone or a utility bill each month and then pay it off. So you're using that credit card, helping yourself to increase your score as long as you pay everything on time. Wow. Yes. All right. I think I want to deal with one thing before we go to a commercial break. And I, I, I really honestly believe that most of us don't know our rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And I think we need to know that because it's a, this is a law, or, or 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 you know I guess the laws are active, yes. sort of a law, right? Yeah. So absolutely. You know, we need to be aware. And so, can you talk to us about what are our rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act? Okay, you have six rights basically under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and they are so critical to repairing uh, bad credit that if you don't understand mm -hmm. them, you lose. If you understand them, it's a lot easier to get your credit score um, much higher and, and relatively fast. So mm -hmm. right number one is you can challenge the accuracy of your credit report at any time. Mm -hmm. You do not have to accept what's on your credit report. You can challenge it at any time. Now, when I say you can challenge the accuracy of your credit report, even if you believe it's accurate, you can challenge the accuracy of your credit report. And this is going to be important uh, when, when we come back from commercial break when we start talking about repairing credit. 
you can challenge the accuracy of anything on your credit report at any time. That's right number one. Right number two is the credit bureau must investigate whatever you challenge. They have no discretion in that. If you challenge it, they have to investigate it. Must right number three, they must investigate. Right number three is the credit bureau must investigate within 30 days. They only have 30 days to investigate what you challenge. Mm-hmm. Right number four is if the bureau cannot confirm the adverse information against you, it must promptly delete the erroneous information from its files. That means it must come off your credit report. They have 30 Mm. days to confirm it. If it is not confirmed within those 30 days, it must come off. And clearly, if it comes off, it's going to raise your credit score. Right Right. number five is you are entitled to have a statement included in your file. There's a, a piece of your credit report at the end. You have a right to enter a statement, no matter what it is you you want to say. It could be because you have, I don't know, foreclosure, and you might write a statement, I foreclosed because blah, 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 blah. You have a right to include any statement that you would like in your file. And right number six, this this one is is super important. You have the right to Mm -hmm. sue. You can sue the credit bureau. Yes. Oh, you you do? Yes, you absolutely do. See, I'm I'm just speculating here that – Probably ninety percent of the people who are listening to the show right now did not know that they have the right to sue the credit bureau. Now break Absolutely. that down to us. When is that something that we actually can do? It is something that you would do if you've exhausted the the your other rights. If if you've challenged it, um, you they haven't confirmed it, and they haven't taken it off your credit report. And it's affecting your ability to uh, get credit. It's affecting your ability to do things, or it's just hurting your reputation. Um, if they, if you're not getting satisfaction from exercising your rights, then you sue them. And mm. actually, you know, um, rather than be sued, most times, you know, uh, they'll comply and, and do what they have to do. Usually, um, there's not a problem where you it would go to a point where you have to sue, but that's right. your you know, that's your trump card at the end. Okay, okay. Wow, we already have learned so, so much. And I think we need to just take a deep breath and just kind of simmer on all of what we have um, dealt with so far. I mean, we learned what credit is and why it's important, uh, what what is what, what is uh, defined as good credit, um, uh, what well, good credit score and uh, the five factors that are, are, are used to determine our credit score, that's a good thing to know those five areas that we broke down. Then we talked about the five myths surrounding credit, and that's very good. If they took notes on that, we can already be a little bit more intelligent about our finances. And lastly, that, that powerful one that we have the right to sue the credit bureau if they do not do their due diligence and do what they're supposed to do on their end, we have the right as consumers to sue the credit bureau. So with that being said, we're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back. The Keys 107 will be right back. 
that bring out the best in you. Go to moon107.com. That's M-A-U-N-107.com. We feature organic hair and skin products, pink Himalayan sea salt, women tunic tops, children's books, jewelry, art, and organite. Visit us on the web at moon107.com. M-A-U-N-107.com. The first are a family of clouds up in the sky. Keeping the earth free so you will be alright. They'll teach you your ABCs and your red goes with me. Love for The Fluff presents the alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, go to www.thefluffamily.com. Rafika Consultants and Services Technology Trainers. Do you need help making your computer or smartphone work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos for YouTube, or any other technology need, our friendly and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide public relations and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.rafikacs.com or on Facebook at Rafika Consultants and Services. So we're back. We're back with Haru Niket, the financial financial advisor and business consultant. And my co-host, James, has been holding it down, and he's taking a quick break. He'll be right back. But, Haru, let's pick up where you left off, or are you ready to start into a new topic? Oh, I think we should start a new topic. I think I think, okay. I, I think <laughs> I'm people <ready>. got that. <laughs> There's just so much to cover, you know, in so little time. To cover it, I just want to make sure we um, cover as much, and then people can, I guess, ask questions if they missed a little bit. We do have some callers on the line, Haru, and once they press the number one on the keypad, um, you know, we'll know that they they want to speak. And the number for those of you who might be listening via the internet, the number is two one three nine four three three six one eight two one three. Nine four three three six one eight, and just know when you call in, press the number one on your keypad so that we can see on the switchboard that you have your hand raised and you are ready to talk. So, Haru, I got my pen and I'm ready. Okay. All right. The next thing I, I think that's important, um, if you're going to fix your, your credit uh, or build your credit, is to know exactly what's on your credit report. And uh, when we say credit report, I'm talking about the credit reports that are generated by the three major credit bureaus. There are really about a thousand different credit bureaus, but 90% of creditors use uh, the top three, which are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Mm-hmm. So each of them um, basically has similar information, but they generate a separate score. So it's rare that you have exactly the same score on all three. So it's important that you get all three because one might be carrying information that the other two are not. And uh, most creditors will look at all three and sometimes will do an average of the three scores. So it's important to know what's on your credit report. So in order to do that, um, every year you're allowed one free uh, credit report from the three credit bureaus. 
Um, other than that, you'll have to pay for additional. But the, in order to get the free report, people can go to www.annualcreditreport.com, and that will provide you with a free copy of each of the three major credit bureau uh, reports. That does not provide the score. If you want the score, um, there is a way for you to purchase the score uh, from my uh, from annualcreditreport.com, or you can also go to www.myfico.com, and they have the scores and the reports also, and they really break down what each thing is on your credit report. So those are two resources, but you have to be able to get a copy of your report, um, and the score is important too if you're trying to build the score. So not only do you need the credit report, you also need the score. Once so, you, Haru, if if yeah. if annualcreditreport.com does not give you the credit score, what are you getting from them? A history? You, you okay? You get and and I'll go over everything that's on your credit report. Um, okay. You can actually you can purchase the score from them, but by law they have to for free. The three credit bureaus for free have to give you a copy of the report. And knowing what's on a report is important because that's going to determine what your score is anyway. So uh, for free, when you go to annualcreditreport.com, you'll get the report, and they have an option where you can purchase the actual score. And it's not expensive. It might be like $10 per report uh, for the score, so something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, super expensive, but it's important that you at least initially get a copy of the report so we can go over what's in it because um, the things that are in the report affect the score. So there are, there are basically maybe about eight different areas on the report uh, that you want to look at. And the first one is, is the personal identification information. And when we say personal identification, that's they're talking about your, your name, your address, um, where you work, um, the different places you've lived, you know, it's really important that that information is accurate because there could be names on your report that are not yours, mm. and that's a problem, right? It, because there, sometimes we have people with similar names, and mm -hmm. that information, you know, that's problematic if, if somebody else has the same name but their stuff is being reported. If it's bringing your stuff down, right, if it's, if it's bringing your, your score up, then, you know, you're going to have to make a choice as to whether or not you want it there. But um, in general, you know, you don't want information that's not yours, uh, you know, on your on your. It has your social security number, so make sure the social security number is right, um, especially for for a lot of men who are junior or senior. Um, mm -hmm. It could be your, your son's information, especially because you once had the same address, also. So all the personal identification information you want to check and make sure that it belongs to you. Um, the next thing is the section we call public records information. So, um, you know, when you're talking about public records information, that could be um, lawsuits, judgments, bankruptcies. If you committed a crime, it could be on there. You know, there, there's so many different uh, areas that, that are covered in the public records information. And basically, you want to make sure that information is accurate also. Um, you want to make sure that it's not old information or too old to be on there as well. So we want to look at the public records information. Then you want to look at the collection agency account information. So, you know, has anything been in collections? You know, that's going to weight on your score as well, negatively or, you know, or positively. So 
you want to mm-hmm. look at that. Then you want to look at credit account information. Um, it's important when you look at that, the credit account information, are the accounts yours? Are the delinquencies that are there yours, including late payments and charge-offs? Are, are any negative entries on there yours? Um, are there debts that your spouse incurred before marriage that shouldn't be on there? Um, you want to look at any incorrect notations in the accounts, you know, because there could be accounts that are, have been closed. There could be accounts that should be there that aren't there. You want to make sure that that information is accurate. Um, then they have an additional information um, section, and, you know, sometimes, you know, it, that includes the inquiries. Are the inquiries on there that are older than two years? Um, are there hard credit inquiries on there that you didn't authorize? Because it could be mm. stuff on there, and, and I never did business with these people. It shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to, you want to, uh, and 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 do you have a consumer statement? You know, is if you decided to put a statement in there, is it actually on a report? So it's important, you know, that you go through every little detail on there um, and make sure that it, it's accurate. If it's not accurate then we have to go to the next step. And, um, you know, we have to make sure, again, things are spelled right, things are accurate, addresses are accurate, social security numbers are accurate. All these things are are important. So one of the things that people don't understand, and and it's a reason that they end up paying thousands of dollars to credit repair companies, is that the, the secret to really improving your credit score is getting all this negative information off your your score by using what we talked about earlier, which is your rights. And really, that's that's simply challenging everything that's negative on your credit report. Mm. Everything that that's negative, you're going to challenge. And there's a there's a simple way to do it. Um, well, it actually, there's three ways to do it. You can do it by phone. You can do it by internet, or you can do it by mail, and that's challenging everything with Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion that's negative on your credit report. And you know the secret is uh, credit credit repair companies. That's all they do. They don't do anything special for you that you couldn't do yourself. And I personally wouldn't recommend that you dispute the things by telephone because things get mm-hmm. lost. Um, I think the best way to dispute it, and, and some people like to do it online because they feel it's safe, but I think the best way to do it is actually by mail, and you send it registered mail with a return receipt requested so you know that it actually got into the hands of a person and you have proof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what you would do is you're going to write um, a letter and to each, you know, with each challenge, you're going to write a, a letter to Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, and every negative inquiry that's on your credit report, you're going to challenge. Um, and you can challenge it for several reasons. You can say it's inaccurate. You can say you didn't do business with these people. You can say it's too old because those are things you're going to look for, too. If it's been on your credit report too long, it has to come off, like um, bankruptcies that are older than 10 years. Um, certain information that's been there longer than six, five, six, seven years. You know, things, all these things, you can challenge the accuracy of it. You can challenge how old it is. You can say it wasn't yours, but you want to challenge. 
And when you when you challenge it, the credit bureaus, as we talked about earlier in terms of rights, within 30 days you have to receive a letter from each credit bureau with the results of their of their investigation and if the dispute was found valid, they have to give you a free copy of your updated report, credit report, to prove that your dispute was successful. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the boundaries that you... There are, there are no boundaries. You can challenge anything on your credit, and that's the good thing. Because remember, now here's the thing. They have 30 days to track down that they have 30 days to, to track down the the uh, business that you're saying extended your credit. They have to uh, validate it, and they have to give you the name of a person mm. that validated the inquiry, right? So mm. if they can't do that within 30 days, then they have to inform you, deleted the information, Right, so they'll they'll either send you a letter that says the information has been found correct, or they'll send you information that says that we were unable to verify it and therefore it has to come off. Okay. That sounds easy, question, Haru. It, 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 it is too easy. It's super easy. But when you know the rules, <laughs> everything is easy. When you don't understand how it works, and I, and that's why I say it's just really sad because people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to credit uh, repair companies. And they're just doing the, just what I told you to do. Well, uh, I think you have to. Um, they have to, each one of us have to have a system. And I think it's, it's really a, a recording. Like for instance, you send a letter to Macy's to dispute something. Now the clock starts once they receive, uh, or like you said, if you're doing a return receipt, the yeah. minute you receive the date that you receive that they have received it, the clock starts. You just Correct. have to add thirty days. Now the thirty days should be when you receive it, or they, or the thirty days in which, in terms of they respond, because you know there's always that lag time in the mail, you know, with snail mail. So when when is the thirty days actually over from the time you receive it as the uh, complainant? From the time you get that, but from the time they receive it, the, the clock mm-hmm. starts. Right. Now when does so, it end? Thirty days from when they receive it, the clock ends. Okay, okay. But how do we? So, so I'm saying what I'm saying is, would they dispute if we said, well, it was your thirty days up? They would say, no, it's twenty nine. We sent it out the two days ago. Oh, well, I you guess just didn't I mean, get then, it yet. It would, then for them, I guess it would be, you know, um, when, when it's postmarked. You, I guess, you know, if they had to go to court and you sued them, and they could say it was postmarked by the thirtieth day. Mm-hmm. So one okay. thing that you want to do, you know, you, you, you have to be super organized to do this, though. You have to really pay attention right. to what, what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you want to keep you want to keep uh, the originals and send copies. So, for instance, if you're, if you're going to dispute something by mail, right, and, again, we're going to use certified first-class mail, return receipt requested, that's important. You need to keep the proof of the mailing. That's important. Um mm-hmm. You you want to make sure that each each bureau has a a dispute form, so you want right. to fill out the dispute form and you want to keep a copy of that. Actually, you want right, you want 
any supporting documents you might have, whether it's canceled checks because you said you paid for something or, um, you know, any evidence that you, you might be using to support, you send a copy, not the original. You send a copy of that and keep your original in the, fo- in the folder. Um, mm. you, you have to write a dispute letter. So you'll attach a dispute letter in addition to their um, dispute form, you know, explaining exactly why you're challenging it, and you'll keep a copy of that in your folder. That's important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. so and you're going to mark on your calendar uh, the 30 days. By day right. 35, so, right, right, so you, you ask for a benchmark. On, by day 35, when you sent it out, you don't get a response, then you're going to have to do a follow-up because you have to – you're not going to just run to court and say, I sent it 30 days and I didn't get a response. You're going to have to send a follow-up letter that, that says, hey, I sent you this 30 days ago, and according to the law, this is what should have happened. I got no response. Right. And then they have to act on that and say, oh, wow, yes, you know, 30 days did expire. It has to come off the report. It, it doesn't. It's not like the, the clock starts again and they get to remedy that. Mm-hmm. You're just reminding them of the of the the law, and they don't have an opportunity to remedy that and go back and say, "Okay, we'll go check it now." Um, it has to come off, right? And again, that now for, when you go ahead, I'm sorry. Then when that 30 days is up, and you did that second letter to remind them, they have already breached their um, I don't want to say a contract, but they they have already violated the, the rules. So yeah. now the next step is. Okay, guys, you're in the wrong. I want this removed. You you sue them then, or or well, what? You probably what won't have to sue them at that point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not that important to the to the credit bureaus. You know, it, it'd be it'd be crazy for them to to insist because they can get fined for things like that. I mean, it's not worth them getting a fine. It's not worth them even going to court over mm-hmm. something like that. It, you know, for mm-hmm. them, it, they they know the rules. It's not even so, worth. So what happens if they remove it? Okay, you're right. We didn't respond in 30 days. We got to remove it. 60 days later, they pop up and put it back on your credit. Ah, one of the rules is they cannot put any disputed information back in your file unless the information provider verifies its accuracy and gives you written notice. Mm. That's one of the rules. So, that, again, let me explain that again. The credit bureau cannot put the disputed information back in your file unless the information provider verifies its accuracy and gives you written notice. Okay. So they verify that you had the debt, this was the amount of the debt, and this is your payment history. Yes. Okay. And it doesn't stop you from challenging it again, by the way. Right, right. So now, it's really you, also, you know who has the most stamina. Absolutely. Right, and and you know some places are, are harder to get records from than others. <laughs> you know, so um, sometimes there's, there's so many accounts that it's hard. Sometimes they, their record keeping is not as, as good, so it, that works in your favor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Also, if you request the, cur- the, the credit bureaus have to send notices of any correction to anyone who received your credit report in the past six months. So if, if wow. you were trying to get 
um, credit from someplace and they denied you because your credit score wasn't good, once you get it corrected, if you make a request to the credit bureaus, they have to send an, an updated credit report to anyone that you uh, ask them to do so that you requested credit from in the last six months. Okay. So that's how 90% of all negative credit marks are deleted from credit reports and usually how credit is repaired. So, you, again, if you have the staying power and, you, and, and the time to do it, that's the way to do it. You do not have to pay credit repair companies thousands of dollars with credit repair companies because it's the same process. And if you know the process is sending out a letter and waiting 30 days and then sending out a follow-up letter, then uh, why pay? And usually they pay you by the – you have to pay by the trade line. So let's say you have – 10 things you're disputing, they'll charge you for all 10 of them, and they'll charge you over several months for something that you can do yourself and take 30 days. Right. So now here's the, the other side of it, though. What if it comes back as the negative information is accurate? Mm-hmm. It could happen, you know. It could be verified. If it's verified, then you have to understand that accurate negative information can stay on your your report for seven years. Now, there are only a few exceptions to that. Bankruptcy can be reported on your credit report for 10 years. Credit information in response to an application for a job with a salary more than $75,000 has no limit. Criminal conviction information has no limit. Credit information for an application of more than $150,000 worth of credit or life insurance has no limit. And this one gets a lot of people. Default information concerning a U.S. government-insured or guaranteed student loan can be reported for seven years after certain guarantor actions. So that can stay on there for seven years. Information about a lawsuit or an unpaid judgment can be reported for seven years or until the statute of limitations runs out. So you have to check your, your state statute. In New York, the statute of limitations is six years. Right. So, you know, those are, those are the only times um, where accurate information can stay there, you know, for a lengthy period of time. So, you know, automatically within seven years, certain things have, have to come off regardless. And I know people think, wow, seven years, that's a long time. But one thing we have to understand is that, Credit, your credit report is not just the negative information. It's also positive information. So it's kind of a balance. If you have more positive information than you have negative information, the negative information might not uh, weigh down your score too much as long as you continue to add positive information. Right, right. So, you know, those those type of things are really important. So one of the things is, okay, you know, you've done all that and, you know how do you, you know how do you go from, okay, I've, I've disputed the bad stuff. Disputing the bad stuff is not enough because remember we have to build credit, also. Right, because this works two ways. You have to be able to, you know, put positive information on your credit report too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are, there are different ways that you're going to have to start building positive credit, and one of the simplest ways is to especially if you've never had credit or your credit score has been really bad, is to you have to get some credit cards. 
And some people say, well, I don't, right. I don't, I don't qualify. Nobody will take me. Um, if you go to there's a there's a website um, www.nerdwallet.com and that's a strange name nerdwallet n e r d wallet.com they have a lot of different offerings so if you have really poor credit they'll have offerings for people with poor credit if you have decent credit if you have great credit they'll have different offerings for people with different types of credit. Um, Usually you'll be able to get a credit card from there. If not, you can go to also www.bankrate.com. If you go on Bankrate, it'll also give you a lot of different uh, offerings for uh, credit cards based upon your, your credit score. Most of the mm-hmm. time, Capital One will accept anybody. Capital One is one of the most flexible uh, credit card companies out there. Now your credit your credit limit might be $300, but right. usually uh, Capital One will approve just about anybody. If they don't, Capital One has a secured card that anyone can right. get. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you, you're going to have to do is if you if you can't in any way, shape, or form uh, get a regular credit card because for some reason you don't qualify. And, and also, you know, uh, store store department store cards are easier to get than other cards, and gas cards are easier to get than than other cards. So if you mm-hmm. if you can't get one on Nerd Wallet, you can't get one Bank Rate, um, you can't get a regular card on Capital One, you, and the store doesn't do it for you in the in the gas. And your credit score is really low, by the way, if you can't use any of those methods. Then um, Capital One, like I said, has a secured card that they'll give to anyone, and it reports to the credit agencies. You know some of the mm. the Secure cards that people get don't report to the credit agencies, so they're not good. Wow. I know for a long oh, time, I, didn't I don't know, know if that. They, yeah, I did. Um, you know, a lot of people run out and get in the rush card. I don't know if they do now, but for a long time, the rush card didn't report to the credit bureaus. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of a waste. You're getting a secure card for what? You know. So it's important that mm. they they report to the credit bureaus. Capital One does, and that that gives you, you know. Um, an opportunity to start building credit. Um, that's one way. There, there are other ways. There's, there's an old trick, I should say. Um, if someone has good credit already and you can convince them to make you an authorized user on their credit card, you inherit their credit history. Right. Now, I'm not saying use their credit card. I'm saying convince them to make you an authorized user, even if they never actually give you the card. They can make you an authorized user, cut your card up so you never use it, but you automatically inherit their, their positive history. Right. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a fast way to get your, your information. You, you know, Haru, um, there are some, some companies that do uh, telemarketing trying to convince people to do exactly what you said, and they offer you a salary or wow. some money to allow them to use or to authorize them to use your credit card. It's the craziest now, thing. Now, I wouldn't do it on the other side of that. <laughs> if your credit is good, do not allow someone who has bad oh, credit no. to be an authorized user on your card. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> right? So there's a difference. If your if your credit is bad and you can convince somebody to be an authorized user on their card and don't abuse it again, don't ever use the card. 
um, it works. But I would never do it the other way around. If I have good credit, I wouldn't take a chance on someone. Um, I mean, let's say, you know, she'll spouse or whatever, and then. No, uh, you know what this you sounds know. like? It's like rolling the dice. A, it sounds like the, uh, the 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 soft-hearted mommy doing it for her uh, for her good son, you know. And you know how you that usually it, ends up, right? Yeah. It doesn't usually end well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, this this is a, the perfect time. We have a caller on the line that's been waiting patiently, and he has a question or a comment. Caller, your mic is live. Um, good good evening. Um, thank you, good evening. thank you for the the, the information. Um probably disseminated a lot of information. Um, a lot of it I've gone through, I just recently obtained a mortgage and I purchased a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, I, my credit score when I first started was like five and change. Mm-hmm. And so I, I learned a lot of the things that you gave um, over over through, through trial and error. And I mm-hmm. did, I'm one of those people, I paid thousands of dollars to a, a company to Delete the negative credit off my, and they did a pretty good job. It's just the thing is what you said. I could have done it myself. Right. Uh, my my question really stands at this: uh, in order to obtain a, a mortgage, the the idea was to obtain a, a government mortgage. Uh, um, you know, my mind is going blank now. But I, I, I got the FHA. FHA. Thank you very much. Um, the FHA mortgage, which you know, I'm paying a lot more money for it, and then I'm also paying. Uh, mortgage insurance. Right. So in order to reduce that amount, what I thought I would do is keep working on my credit, and then at the end of that, like that's two or three years, I could refinance to a conventional mortgage, and that would lower right. my mortgage payment. Yes. Okay. So my question, so here's the problem that I've hit so far, and by the way, it's only been six months. Okay. So I may be a little bit premature, but my credit fell down, you know, it dropped down to about six hundred. Okay. And um, and, I mean, I know the basic things pay. pay you know, I, of course, I had max, I didn't max out my credit cards, but I'm using about sixty percent of my my um credit, and my debt to income ratio is a little higher. Yes. So what? And, and and now I'm struggling, but I know that you hit these walls. You can pay down your credit cards, and that will boost your score. But what can I do beyond that? Um, other than obvious, I'm a good payment credit history. Right. Well, one thing you have to bring down that that limit too. You said you're at sixty something percent. Remember, we want to try to get it down into the thirty two percent range. Um, so you right. definitely have and, to. And, and, to br- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Not, no. I, I actually to get the mortgage. That's exactly what I did. I got it down to twenty nine percent. Okay. Um, but when I purchased the home, I needed to use a lot of my credit cards and stuff for the move and everything. I moved from state to state. So. Right. I, and I will and I will pay those down. Will that push me? Do you think that that will definitely raise your score? Okay, but my 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 experience is that I found that my score has never really gotten up. I couldn't get it to six fifty, which was which was my goal. I got it to about six thirty eight. Well, um, one thing you have to you know, do you have to look you have to look at your report and see what negative uh, re, uh, remarks are on there. Okay, because now, it was, go ahead. Because it, again, it no. works two ways. You have to have you have to eliminate the negative, and you also have to add positive information to your file. So one of the things you're going to have to do is is really add some some positive stuff to your your report too. Um, uh, one thing you can do, I don't know if you, if you had something simple like a thousand dollars. You have a savings account. If you have a savings account, 
there's a thing you can do with your local bank. Uh, if you have a thousand dollars in your savings account, and they usually won't do, they won't report to the credit bureaus for less than a thousand, go to the loan officer and say you want a twelve month thousand dollar passbook loan, and you want to borrow the thousand dollars. You take that thousand dollars, and you go to another bank and you deposit it. You do the same thing. You borrow against that. Use that as collateral to get another $1,000 loan. Go to a third bank if you can. Deposit it. Get another $1,000 loan using collateral against that. And you pay the terms just as they pay. It's going to cost you a little more in terms of interest, but you pay each one of them back over the 12 months. Mm -hmm. That's going to boost your score, too. And basically, it's the same $1,000 used over and over and over and over and over um, to pay back the same, you know, to pay that back. That's that's an easy way to, to add um, because it gives you, remember we talked, you need a healthy mix of credit also. So you've already got credit cards, you've already got a mortgage, you know you have to reduce um, the the credit limit, you have to uh, reduce the ratio of the amount you're using on your limit. And one thing you're also going to have to do, I don't know if you've been paying your mortgage on time, because that will yeah, kill you. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, make sure okay, you're paying yeah, that mortgage on time. That That is heavy on a, on a credit report. If you are not paying the mortgage on time, that hurts bad. So, you know, if you have that, add that additional third uh, piece in there and you're paying it on time, then that, that should bring your score up. Well, I actually do have a, a, a loan. Now. I'm, I'm telling you what I did. Okay. Because um, what I did was, in order to pay down my credit card debt, I took out a loan. It was an unsecured loan. And it's, it's, it's actually automatically deducted out of, out of my account so that it's always okay. paid on time. Good. So I actually have the mix. I have a, a revolving credit. I have the uh, credit loan. I have the mortgage. Uh, so I guess really the only thing I can do is just pay down the credit cards. Yes, pay, pay down the credit. And then it's just a matter of time. Okay. All right. Sound like the critic doctor there. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent inter- interaction there. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's, it's it's interesting how I ended up um, dealing with credit because I teach people how to invest in real estate. And I used to teach a course, and the number one thing was when, I, when it was time to pay uh, people to try to get a mortgage, they were like, well, I don't I don't know if I can qualify because my credit is bad. And I said, well, fix your credit. And they said, well, how do I fix my credit? I said, are you serious? And, people, and I didn't realize that most people didn't understand the rules um, to, to credit. So I ended up teaching people how to do it because – uh, I was trying to teach them how to invest in real estate. Mm. Mm. Well, well, since you said that, I actually have another question. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I had thought about, because um, I live in North Carolina, and okay. it occurred to me that if I purchased a, a home in a, another area of North Carolina as a rental property, what, what would you, would that be a, a Taking that second mortgage is that going to hurt me, or um, would you say? Or what? Yeah, well, a second mortgage would be difficult for you to get because if it's not your primary residence, then oftentimes not only are you going to pay a significantly higher down payment um, because it's looked at as uh, commercial, meaning that a lot of times you'll have to put 35% down and the bank will finance 65% because if things go wrong, it's easy for you to walk away from that. So it's much gotcha. harder to get a second mortgage because it's not going to be your primary residence, right? Right now, okay. um, I assume you're a first-time home buyer? Yes. Yes, so you got you got all the benefits of being a first-time home buyer. 
if you wait two years, you become a first-time home buyer again. I know that uh, sounds crazy. Okay. So wait the two years, <laughs> and you can say and, and make the other the new place your your primary residence on paper, and you get the benefits of being a first-time home buyer again. So okay. yeah, but the, you know the, it's, it becomes challenging, um, especially now. You know what, the way the, the the market is, you know, to say, well, I bought this and I have that. You know, too many people have walked away. When, you know, when we had the last housing uh, debacle, so banks don't really want to take that chance. So they're going to make you pay significantly. You're going to put a lot of what they call skin in the game. You're going to put a, a huge down payment, and you're not going to get a great rate on a mortgage, especially if you're credited. You probably wouldn't even qualify if your your credit score is in the 600. Well, I mean, I, I, the, the two years sounds perfect because I know that in two years, uh, that that, that, that everything works out yeah. perfect that way. Because I, yeah, I'll right. have it up, I'll, you know, based on um, what I'm doing now. I mean, one of the most important things that I would say, as, as someone who's experienced from from bad credit, I'm not even that good credit yet. Um, it, but in trying to get the things, the, the credit cards, um, the most important thing is to pay it on time. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, so yeah. the one thing I, I and I and I hear you giving the rules because these are things that people need to know. But the most important thing I can say that I've learned in my lifetime is don't ignore it. If you, if you pay it, pay it. Better to eat yeah. hot dogs <laughs> and not get that late <laughs> payment on your credit history. Right. So yeah. Thank so you. in two years I'll have it. I'll, I'll have Good. it. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, that's some interesting advice. Um, I didn't know that in two years you could uh, qualify as a new home, first-time home buyer. Yeah. There's a lot of little, again, you know, when people don't understand the rules, they can't take advantage of them, so they end up paying, you know, way more than than they need to. Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, we usually find out information, or we don't find out information, and, and we pay. We pay way more than everybody else. Well, we're coming near to the close of the show, Haru, and I think uh, this might be a good time to talk about those 10 credit rip-offs to avoid uh, those pitfalls. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's just, <laughs> there are a lot of, and you know, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, reduce it to 10, but there are so many uh, rip-offs, it's a shame. Uh, and then the number one thing is something I've, just, I've already mentioned is credit repair scams. You know, again, there is is absolutely nothing a credit repair company can do for you that you can't do. And most of the time, they they charge you, as the caller said, thousands of dollars to do exactly what I just told you um, in the last hour. Um, The second thing is be very wary of credit card cash advances and the cash advance checks. Uh, That's how credit cards make a significant amount of profit on people. Um, the cash advances, the, if you look at the, the interest rate on them, it's significantly higher, and the checks are significantly higher than what your regular credit card is. Um, so avoid that, you know, at all costs. That's that's important to avoid. Overdraft protection is another one of those, those scams. <laughs> if you overdraft $1, then sometimes it will cost you 50 it's really not worth paying the extra overdraft protection. Just pay attention to your account so that it doesn't happen. 
Um, it doesn't make sense to pay fifty dollars if you you know instead of one. So um, it sounds crazy when you say it, Aru. <laughs> <laughs> the, the waiver of the minimum monthly payment—that's another way. They usually give people at the holidays. They say we'll waive the minimum monthly payment, but it doesn't mean the interest is not accruing on that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we think we're getting a reprieve by saying, "Oh, I don't have to pay anything this month." But the interest is accruing on the total amount. So, you know, be wary of the, you know, don't bother doing the waiver of the month, minimum monthly payment. Uh, minimum monthly payment is bad in itself. Um, so, so to waive it is, is even worse. Um, sometimes you go to a store uh, where it's a, maybe a furniture store, and they'll say no payments for six months on high-priced sales items. <laughs> even, <laughs> even though there's no payment, the interest is still accruing. So you have six months' worth of interest that's accrued. You pay significantly more for the, the item than you would have had you just saved your money for six months and just bought it when you, when you had the money. Um, and see, I can, I can share on that one. If, you, if the date is January 10th and you pay, let's say your bill is $1,054.26, and you forget about the twenty six cents. Yes. When you when when you when they're gonna calculate that year or the six months interest on that twenty six cents. Or it, yes. it's a strange calculation but you get this you get hit with this big <laughs> bill. Right. And you're like, But I paid you off. I'm like, no, right. but you, you owe twenty six cents. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we gotta be careful with that. Um, one thing people also do is put insurance on the credit card. Uh, you know, they have these, you can buy insurance with your credit card. Um, you, you're not going to get a better deal with with life insurance using the credit card than you would if you went to a you know reputable uh, life insurance company. So when they offer when they send you the offer in the mail about um, life insurance or what's the other one um, when you get injured, uh, like you can't work. Because you're mm-hmm. injured, yeah, it's not worth it. You know, don't do it. You're <laughs> going to pay high premiums, and the coverage is not good. Um, mm. Credit card registration service to register all your credit cards. So in case you lose your wallet, you you know all. Just all you have to do is take a photocopy of all of it and keep it somewhere safe, so you know what credit card you have. So it doesn't make sense to pay for that service. Um, another one is credit card loss protection services. Um, if you lose your card and somebody uses it, you are not responsible for any any charges that incurred when it was when it was lost. So you don't have to pay an extra price uh, to prevent that. So don't pay that. You know that's a waste of money. Also, um, anytime you do a, a credit or a loan or a mortgage and it's prepaid interest, meaning that you pay the interest up front and then you mm-hmm. pay the principal after, um, it is terrible because. You know, like you mentioned, if you want to pay it off early, it doesn't matter now if you paid it off early because you paid all the interest in the front. Mm. So you be careful of the prepaid interest type of loans. And here's one that really gets people. They don't pay attention. Uncapped variable interest rates, meaning that the the interest can go up or down. It can change, but there's no cap on how high it can go. 
So sometimes, you know, they use different indices. It could be based upon, you know, what the, the interest rate is in the economy or they just have whatever other indices they have. But if it's uncapped, that number can get astronomical. Like even now when we talk about the default interest rate, it's as high as 32% in a lot of – so, you know, you'll never be able to get out of debt if you get, you know, one of these cards that has a, a uncapped variable interest rate. So those are the – I guess, you know, like the top 10 that you have to really avoid um, so you don't, you don't lose. Well, I have nine. Am I missing one? Oh, my, oh I have, did I say nine? Yeah, I have credit report, credit card scams. Be very weary of cash advance and cash advance checks. Uh, overdraft protection, it's not worth it. Wave of a minimum monthly payment. Just, and you said, you said minimum monthly payment is just bad in itself. Don't put life insurance on credit cards and credit registry services. Just keep a photo ID of your or keep a photo of your credit cards and your ID of course. And as um we know to put it in a plastic bag so it doesn't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> and credit card loss protection, don't bother. Credit card loan prepay interest in advance, don't do it. And um uncapped variable interest rate. So I have nine. You have nine. Okay, let me think of another one for you. Uh, let's see. Give me a second. Ask me a question let me, while I think. <laughs> well, going back to the credit the credit reports, you said um, you're entitled to one credit report per year free. Is there a better time of the year to get that credit report, a better like a better time, a better month. No, not really. Beginning of the year, no. No, not really. Um, you know, it, it, I think because it's giving you a snapshot in time. You know, so it's just really a starting point for you to to understand. Um, you know where you're at in the moment. Um, so you know, it doesn't matter really. You know which which. Uh, you know what time you do it. So. Oh, I'll give you another couple. Um, how about, like, uh, prepayment penalties? If you get a – this is important, too. you got to read the terms of your loans and your, and your, you know, credit because sometimes they have a prepayment penalty. So, again, you won't be able to pay it off early so, unless they penalize you maybe 5%. So uh, be wary of those. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, second mortgage scams, you know, big-time um, – you know, where people will offer you a, a second mortgage to pay for home repairs and things like that. You don't want to put a second mortgage on your property to pay for a home repair because if for some reason you can't pay the contractor, then, you know, you lose your home. So, you know, there are a lot of different – oh, I, I'll tell you another one, the advanced tax refund loans. Um, you know, those are pretty bad. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, the, the interest rate on those ends up about 92%. Mm. What? Yeah, yeah. When you when you look at the annualized rate, because it it, it ends up, you know, about ninety two percent when you because they charge you a flat fee. So, if you expect a refund of say eleven hundred dollars and you pay a flat fee of eighty four dollars, that's a ninety two percent. Because we don't look at it, we say oh, it's only eighty four dollars. But when you do the math, you know, um, and you look at the interest rate. If it was annual, that's a ninety two percent return uh, interest rate because, you know, it, it takes about three or four weeks for you to get the money, right? So when you calculate what you paid, if you had multiplied that for 52 weeks, 
then the, the interest rate is exorbitant. So it's really a ripoff. Wow. So just wait. Whoa. Yeah, 92%, just, yeah. Haru, that's, that's, that's just robbery. Yeah. It is. But, mm. you know, people can't wait an extra week or two. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just wait. Three or four weeks, your check will be there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's a part of another culture, and that's a whole other conversation. Got to have it now. Right. Right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. So, Haru, um, do you want to move into the other important reports that could hurt you, or do oh, yeah, you want to save that for another show? Um, I, I, just really quickly, maybe I'll just give you know two really quickly. Um, Check Systems is a consumer reporting agency that tracks your checking and your savings account activity. And so anytime you, you do these overdrafts and you keep doing these overdrafts, it gets reported to check systems by your bank. And it doesn't affect your credit score per se, but it can affect the bank's decision to extend your credit. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not to extend your credit, but to open a bank account or to write checks. So, um, oh. you know, that one's important and just one other, and then we can just close out. The National Consumer Telecom and Utilities Exchange and they're run actually by Equifax. Um, and what they do is, is they identify high-risk applicants for new service to utilities. And so you could be de- denied utility service um, because, yeah, if you get reported to them. So those two, I think, you know, really are important that you pay attention to. Um, make sure you, you're not, you know, messing up with the bank and make sure you're not messing up with the utility companies. Now, can you get copies of those reports? Yeah, well, actually, the the, um, yeah, the National Consumer Telecom and Utilities Exchange you can actually get from Equifax because they, you know, they handle it. So they're they're a credit bureau. You can get it right from them. And I guess you and um, Check Systems. I'm not sure the the site, but if you let me tell you the spelling so people can find it. C H E X S Y S T E M S Checks uh, with an X Systems. So um, I guess if you Google it, you can you can figure out how you can get a, a copy of that report also. Well, Haru, you know, once again, you have loaded our, our treasure chest with some amazing gems, and we thank you so much, so much. I, I, I am just so excited about all that you said. I know James has about two pages of notes. I've got three. Um, so when I'm quiet, audience, um, Keys family, just know that I am I am I am a student here. I'm a student learning to improve myself and always wanting to open doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. So tune in on December 17th. That's next the next Thursday that uh, Haru Niket will join us with some more tips and strategies to help you get your financial life together. There's no more excuses. There's no more excuses. You have the information. These shows are archived. They're archived on blogtalkradio.com slash thekeys107. You can listen to the shows via our website, www.thekeys107network.com. You can join us on our Facebook page at The Keys 107 or our group, The Keys 107. And if you need to get in touch with Haru, Directly, Haru's going to tell you how to do that right now. You can email me at Haru, H-E-R-U, at insidersgroup.com. Um, also, you can catch me on the Facebook page, Insiders Group, Inc. 
um, you can message me or, uh, you know, that's the way to get in touch. And, and I look forward to hearing from you guys. Hopefully you have more questions um, later. You can just email them to me. And just to let you know, uh, Facebook family and Keys family, that when someone posts a question to Haru through my page or through Brother James' page or the Keys group, just know that Haru always, always responds. So I'm Rafika, my co-host is Brother James. And I'm Brother James. Oh, you're back. (laughs) (laughs) Really didn't go nowhere. I was just enjoying the information. I heard your pen. I heard something scratching. And I was like, is that Brother James' pen? (laughs) Absolutely. Getting it in. Well, once again, uh, Brother James, as I said earlier, that Haru has just, you know, endowed us with some wisdom, and we're so grateful. And we announced already the next show will be Thursday, December 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and all shows are archived. And um, you are listening to the sounds of South Africa's pride and joy, Ernie J. Smith. And you can, I guess, hear more of Ernie in the new, in the years. In, I mean, in, in the days to come, we're just still waiting for those new tracks from him. But in the meantime, in between time, good night. All right. Don't forget to buy black, boycott Christmas, redistribute the pain. I'm out. That's right. Other James. That's right. Love you all.